Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to episode 129 of the Golf Unfiltered podcast. I am your host as always, Adam, from golfunfiltered.com. You can follow me on Twitter at golfunfiltered. Send me an email, golfunfiltered at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat. Well, folks, we've got a great guest again today. We bring back Mr. Alex Myers from golfdigest.com. He also contributes to Golf World, which is, of course, a part of Golf Digest now under that same umbrella. Alex uh, has been on the show before. It's been far too long since uh, we've uh, had him on the show, and you'll hear me apologize to Alex about that. And the reason for that is because he's just a great guy to talk to about golf in general um, and golf writing in general. You'll hear that Alex and I talk a little bit about what he's doing at Golf Digest nowadays. Uh, he's incorporated a little bit of video into his content, which is awesome. We also talk about an article that Alex wrote recently about how American golf fans behaved at the President's Cup. So, so there's some good, uh, some good info there based on uh, that article. And finally, Alex and I talk, uh, take a serious tone a bit, and we talk about the concept of writers staying in their lane, the old cliche that we're hearing a lot about these days, and how challenging it is to cover a topic like sports, and golf for that matter, when everyone else is thinking about much more serious issues like politics and natural disasters and basically everything else that we've seen in the news as of late. So before we get into the interview, I want to remind everyone, if you like this show and you like what we do here, please go out and support your independent podcasts by rating us five stars on iTunes, leaving us a review, and thank you again to all of you who have already done both of those things. Quick shout out to our friends at THP Media and the THP Radio Network. I also just want to thank those of you who reached out to me personally via email and social media uh, about our last episode, uh, which, yes, admittedly, we got a little bit more deep into some non-golf-specific things, but as you'll hear in this week's episode, sometimes that is a little bit necessary. In other words, it's almost impossible to avoid. So, without uh, much further ado, sit back, relax. I hope you enjoy this interview with Mr. Alex Myers from GolfDigest.com. Okay, folks, welcome back, and as I mentioned at the top of the show, I am happy to welcome back Mr. Alex Myers from Golf Digest. Alex, it's been far too long since we last spoke. How you been, bud? Good, man. Thanks for having me back on. Thank you for coming on uh, on a Friday. We're recording this on a Friday, and uh, it's good to have the chance to talk about something, at least initially, other than uh, some of the more serious things that have been going on. But we'll touch on that towards the end of today's conversation, but Alex, you know, Obviously a big fan of yours. Last time you were on, we talked a lot about just golf writing in general. Um, but you've been adding a new element to your work over there at Golf Digest and Golf World, which of course is underneath that umbrella, and that is The Loop. You're, you're a vlogger now. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's been a, an interesting year at Golf Digest, but a fun one for sure. Um, yeah, we started The Loop 
back, I believe, in May. And, you know, it really isn't at first wasn't that much of a departure from what we had been doing in recent years with some of the lighter stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, we kind of decided to maybe separate the lighter golf stuff from the more serious stuff, which is the golf world stuff. And we all kind of pitch in on on both sides. And all this stuff lives on golfdigest.com. But the loop uh, now is kind of expanded into more just topics that any golfer would would want to talk about. So not just golf, not just the silly things that happen in golf, but maybe some of the stuff in sports, some of the stuff that you see on your Twitter feed, some of you know these other things um, that you, you see on a lot of other sites as well. But I, I just feel like we're, we're giving you know golfers and golf fans uh, maybe a little you know more options to read when they come to a golf site, and, and that we don't just keep it to golf, but we still obviously do most of the stuff on golf, but that, that's the difference with the loop. It's kind of its own little thing, but yes, it does still live under the umbrella of golf digest. And you've been doing a great job at it. And you know, Thanks. as somebody who's, who's tried to do video uh, commentary, it's first of all, it's an entirely different beast. Wouldn't you say? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. It's, oh yeah. Definitely. It's much more difficult. And you know, as you've kind of transitioned into that space as well, and, you know, kind of talking a little bit of, you know, inside baseball here, I guess, but, you know, you've got your words on the screen is one thing, and then you have to kind of put your voice and be aware of how you're acting and your body language in front of the camera too. How how difficult was that adjustment for you? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I've always kind of maybe fancied myself a little bit of as a performer. I was kind of a child actor growing up in the city. Really? Uh, A lot of commercials. Yeah, yeah, did a lot of commercials and then kind of retired at the age of uh, 10 when we moved out of the city and it was tougher to drag me to auditions. But then I picked it back up in high school. I kind of did, you know, plays and musicals and and did a little of that in college even. Did some acapella, not college. So, you know, I've kind of always liked to perform and, and, uh, you know, at first we started the podcast and uh, you do such a great job oh, and I love listening to, to you and a lot of other podcasts and that kind of got us to start doing some as well. And that was kind of fun. But then the video is just a whole nother animal. As you said, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely a little nerve wracking at time. At least it's not live. So I have that going for me, but you know, I write all my stuff. I come up with all the ideas, um, you know, 99% of the time. And, um, when it comes out, you know, you, it's definitely a different feeling than even when you write something, uh, to see it all as a finished product. Um, it's, but it's been a lot of fun and I I just enjoy doing it. I, I, you know, once the camera gets rolling, I feel like I, I kind of lose myself and I have a really good time doing it. Uh, but certainly, yeah, the leading up to it, the writing and like, you know, the thinking, is this going to sound funny? Is this going to work? Um, it's definitely a little more pressure, I'd say, than um, just writing a normal post or article. Yeah, I, I've struggled with it, and that's why I don't do it that often. So <laughs> I'll just leave it to the guys that do it uh, better than myself, such as you. And I've just learned so much about you, Alex. I didn't know that yeah. you had that, that background. So that's <laughs> that's good stuff, and you seem very comfortable in front of the camera. So, you, you know, Alex, one of the things I wanted to you know talk a little bit about was, um, you know, we're a couple weeks removed from it now, but you were in attendance at probably one of the more unique uh, press conferences as of late, and that was, of course, at the uh, American winning team press conference at the President's Cup. Took place at yeah, uh, yeah, it took place at Liberty National, and and you were there front and center, and you know, just maybe in a little bit, just describe kind of the the scene 
and and the feeling in the room as they entered uh, the press room? Well, you know, we kind of were waiting for it all day. Let's be honest. You know, obviously, <laughs> obviously, the, that was going to be the highlight when you come in needing a half point to tie and a point to win uh, after the first three days, which were so lopsided. So I think we were all kind of, you know, ready to see something, some action, something fun, and and they certainly delivered. Um, you know, those guys have a great time together, and you know, it used to be a knock on the U.S. teams that they weren't that close, they didn't get along, they weren't that into it. You cannot say that about these guys, especially the last uh, few years. And um, you know, certainly they had the the benefit of having a really easy. Sunday, they knew they were going to win. They knew at some point they were going to get a point, um, which they did obviously pretty easily. And, you know, they'd already started celebrating. And, you know, that's what happens at these events. Uh, There's a big lag between uh, the U.S. actually clinching and them coming into the uh, media center. Mm -hmm. You know, there was a whole trophy ceremony. uh, There was everything else. So it had been a couple hours. And, you know, some of these guys had started drinking, obviously. And, you know, (laughs) you expect that. And uh, honestly, at the Ryder Cup, they make it even more of a of a party, uh, they bring bottles of champagne in uh, on ice, and they mm. have the guys are just drinking right, right there. And you know these guys all had maybe a, a drink by their side. Uh, you know Kevin Kisner and uh, Charlie Hoffman, a couple of these other guys stand out as they came in with some cups with drinks and whatever. And, uh, but, <laughs> they but stand it, out in other ways honestly, too. <laughs> it wasn't even as crazy as you'd see at a Ryder Cup with the winning team. Uh, either with Europe in 2014, I was there. Um, they came in, they were really having a good time and even, uh, the Americans last year at Hazel team. So, you know, it, 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 I would say there was more, um, humor this time. I, I think, uh, Matt Kuchar starting it off by just kind of running his own little press conference was mm-hmm. really funny. Uh, I, I think he, A, enjoyed it, but B, I think he also was trying to get the proceedings going. They wanted to kind of get on that ferry, get back to wherever they were staying and, and have a good time. But he certainly lightened the mood there and, um, you know, took some jabs at Phil. Some of the guys took some jabs at Jordan Spieth, which is funny. You don't often see that. But you could tell they could do that because they all got along. So overall, I thought that was fine. I thought that was cool. Um, during the competition itself, were there a few maybe premature celebrations by the U.S. guys? Yeah, you could you could definitely say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the crowd, you know, the atmosphere, maybe they crossed the line a little bit. Yeah, you could probably say that as well. But I still don't think it was anything to the level of uh, the Ryder Cup at Hazeltine last year. Mm. And, you know, I hate to say it to our European friends, but the same kind of stuff happens when the Ryder Cup is abroad as well. They don't like to admit that, but it does. I mean, there's definitely some cheering when the U.S. hits bad shots over there as well. Well, that's that's the thing, isn't it? I mean, even to go back to the reaction and the behavior in the press conferences. I mean, I remember a very drunk Nicholas Colsarts a few Ryder Cups ago uh, right. after European squad won. And so, I mean, your, your point's well taken. And this isn't, of course, to kind of point fingers at either side to say you're worse than the other, because I think in many ways the Americans are still going to be more boisterous and, uh, right. and jovial in many ways. But, you know, you had pressed, you had touched on something in regard to uh, just the behavior of fans in general. And yes, yeah. I agree with you completely that both sides can be, held accountable or should be held accountable uh, for the way that fans behave. And it's just a very, uh, it's a very different atmosphere at these tournaments. And, you know, you had written an article recently about the, um, the opinions shared by uh, Mark Leishman's wife, Audrey, Mm -hmm. uh, regarding the president's cup uh, and the fans behaviors there. And, you know, it's, what, what do we make of all that? I mean, is it something that we have to, to address as a, as a golf community in general? Is there anything that tournament officials could do, or is that just basically the nature of the beast? 
I think it's the nature of the beast. You know, it's it's tough, and I, I really um, I liked Audrey Leishman's article or, or post. Um, she did a very nice job articulating everything. I, I totally see her side of it. Um, it. It's it's a tough situation though because you mentioned this is supposed to be kind of a different event for golf. It's supposed to be more like the other sports, quote unquote. You know, even the the post game celebrations. I mean, we saw the Yankees dousing themselves in champagne after mm-hmm. winning the wild card game the other night. So, <laughs> you know, we, we we love seeing this stuff in other sports. So, you know, on one hand this is the week for golf to be like that. But then people say, Oh, but don't go too much the other way. So it's this back and forth. It's tough. Same thing with Daniel Berger's comments that she, that she latched onto. Um, I know they weren't on NBC. So many American golf fans didn't see it, but he, he basically said on sky sports, you know, we, we want to crush them. If we don't close it out today, this was on Saturday. We want to beat them even worse tomorrow. And, you know, it came off as a little nasty, I guess, but, you know, on the same token, this is an American team that has been knocked for years and years for not caring and not having passion at these events. So now you have a young guy playing in his first one. He's very excited mm-hmm. and he's ultra competitive. And now he's getting slapped um, for being too competitive. So we want to be like the other sports, but we don't want to be like the other sports. And it's tough. And I understand golf is different. It is more of a gentleman's game. Um, crowds don't ever cheer bad shots or boo um, but again, when you present this as a, a once a year, uh, team event, that's more like other sports, you're going to trick fans into behaving like that. So I don't know what to do. You want boisterous fans, you want players, uh, passionate players. Um, but, uh, sometimes guys cross the line. I mean, you know, Audrey Lucian pointed out a few examples that were certainly across the line by fans. But again, if you go to any baseball game, any basketball game, any football game, they're going to be fans across the line too. So, you know, I think as a whole, the fans were pretty good, especially considering it was in New York City. You never know <laughs> yeah. what you're going to get. Right. I know people are already bracing themselves for that 2024 Ryder Cup at Beth Page, which is going to be ridiculous. Yep. But, you know, the crowd went across the line. Uh, everybody thought at Hazeltine last year, and that was in Minnesota, where everybody says the nicest people in the world live. You might attest to that. You live closer out there. And <laughs> they're pretty so you, nice. So you, yeah. never, so you never, exactly. So you never know what you're going to get. And especially when you, kind of present this as a rah-rah team event. You throw in, you know, rooting for the flag and all that. Some people are going to get carried away. Uh, Some people are going to have a little too much to drink. We get that. But I guess it's just there's still some people who aren't used to seeing it in golf golf context. And I think a lot of it, too, and let me know if you agree, is just, I mean, we go to watch these sports to, you know, kind of escape for a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. we, go, we go out there and we're going to act probably differently than we would certainly in an office. I mean, I'm not out uh, in my right. office, you know, jumping around and, you know, saying, shaking that ass or whatever and standing <laughs> on my chair as they did. But, um, you know, it's it, it's a way for us to just enjoy ourselves. And sometimes people enjoy themselves differently than others. And it comes across in a different way. But, you know, Alex, one of the things I want to talk about, too, is, you know, just the nature of the times in which we live and not to get too heavy handed here. But, you know, we do use sports as an escape. And unfortunately, in times with everything that's been going on, you know, natural disasters, you know, all the politics that you look everywhere, Mm -hmm. uh, you can't get away from it. Um, And then on top of all of that, you know, folks like yourself and then me to a very much lesser extent. Uh, we are told to kind of stay in our lane a little bit and to not talk about these things that everyone's talking about 
but as American citizens, we're not allowed to talk about for some reason. Yeah. You know, it, that's that's a challenge. And, uh, you know, how do you kind of, you know, overcome that, that challenge? And I, I imagine that you want to kind of comment on these things, knowing that you represent a larger entity and can't always speak your mind in that way. Yeah, well, your last point is, is exactly what I was going to say. I mean, you know, obviously our own personal Twitter feeds don't, represent uh who we work for but you still kind of do and and you know you uh, you know i I know it's sad it's unfortunate um i i try to avoid it on twitter i really do i i'm more if you'll see me i I might reply to people um i might like a tweet um i might min once in a blue you know moon retweet something that's political Mm. but i really do try to avoid the stuff and it's just because I, I'll get into it with somebody and, and then it'll it'll consume me for the rest of the day and, and I'll just go back and forth. And, you know, even the other day I got into it a little about the gun control stuff. Ian, you know, Ian Poulter, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I applaud him for at least saying something about what's going on. You know, he's mm-hmm. got a different perspective. He lives in the U.S., but he's from Britain where they don't have mass shootings every other month. And, um, you know, he spoke his mind and I just – applauded him and then i get into it with a, an elder uh you know tour player and who i won't name and you know they you just you're just not going to win these battles because they're just going to go on and on and so again I, I i like seeing other people who are who are brave enough to to go into that arena and really put up fights. i know i work with a couple people who do it a little more than i do sure um and i and I, we all see certain writers and certain uh people that do it more uh, than us, uh, Howard Beck, the NBA writer. I mean, he really tweets a lot of political stuff. Yeah, yeah he and sure I, does. I just say, man, I, I, it's good for him. I mean, he must he must lose a lot of followers. He must get into a lot of arguments. Maybe he's just uh, tough enough. He just brushes it all off. He speaks his mind. But but you're right. It's funny because we should all be able to speak our mind. Twitter gives us an opportunity to do that more had before, and yet uh, you know whenever. We do. It seems like we're told stick to sports, stay in your lane, um, all that stuff. And and at some point, if everybody just stayed in their lane, you know, we wouldn't have much of a dialogue going. So I'm I'm glad that other people are branching out. I'm I'm trying to a little myself, but um, I think it's healthy that uh, sports people are talking. You know, it's they make it like a sports person can't talk about politics. I mean, that's ridiculous. I mean, right. you know, Howard Beck's a smart guy. Uh, Jeff Perlman's a really smart guy. These guys have great views. I mean, why why should they stick to sports? They're, they're allowed to comment. Po, you know, political writers can comment on sports. I don't care. That's the whole point of, of Twitter and, and getting getting out there. So, you know, I, I I think in these times it's impossible not to get involved in that a little. And um, you know, but but certainly it has been challenging to kind of you know keep keep focused on on just golf when all this other stuff is going on and and so much bad stuff really especially you mentioned the the all the hurricanes recently i mean oh. just, just awful stuff and you, right you 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 wonder man i'm writing a post about you know some silly press conference like geez like is that insensitive i mean you, at some point you know there's so much more important serious stuff going on in the world but you know at the end of the day you have to keep doing your job you have to keep going on you have to you know, don't don't try to draw parallels to to those type of events, but you know, try to try to keep doing your job, and and uh, that's that's all you can really do. That's a fantastic answer. I mean, I <laughs> you you, yes. had, you you answered that really well, and I agree. I mean, it's it's very tough to not 
want to uh, to get involved and you know being outspoken and and having the ability to do so. I mean, I listeners to this show know I kind of went off the rails a little bit in the last episode, but you know, and I certainly won't make a habit of that. But you're right. I mean, it's it's hard to at least not mention it to a certain degree, um, and if you do it in a way that uh, at least lets people know that you're thinking of it, you're aware of it, you know the seriousness of it, but at the same time, you also understand and appreciate that we are a distraction. You know, people who, right. you know, the, the four people that listen to this episode will uh, <laughs> will download and they'll they'll want to, you know, kill 20 minutes of their day, the, the, the drive to work, for example, and maybe not think about something a little bit more serious because there's much more time in the day for them to worry about that. And so I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I was just curious because I do know, as you pointed out, and certainly, you know, if I respect... Uh, many of the people that you mentioned um, and, and alluded to, you know, that work uh, for Golf Digest and others that are a little bit more vocal. But I think everyone does it in a respectful manner for the most part. And, you know, everyone understands that, hey, we're all in this thing together. And at some point, yeah, we're going to talk about golf, but sometimes you have to touch on the other things, too. So uh, yeah. I totally agree with your viewpoint on that. But as far as, you know, finding topics to, to write about and and to kind of, you know, bring people away from the larger discussions at hand, you know, you guys do a great job of it. I want to commend you, Alex, for doing that as well. You're doing a great job at a time when we need Thank it. You. And, uh, once again, I appreciate you, uh, coming on to talk a little bit about what you've been doing so far. Yeah, man, you got it. I mean, I just, you know, you try to find things out there that people are going to want to read that that's all, that's all it is. And again, that's why I've, it's been really fun this year because we've kind of expanded that into, into other topics, other sports, uh, stuff like that. So, you know, definitely, I definitely feel like there's never a downtime because, well, certainly we all know there's never a downtime with golf because the, the regular season starts a week after the, the other season ends. But, but even when there's, you know, uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you have, you, you, when you can write about anything, there's just, uh, it's limitless opportunities. So it's been a lot of fun. And, um, I, I commend you as well, by the way, you really, uh, get out there in terms of showing, you know, when you're working on stuff in your golf swing and everything else, I, I, I'm not that brave, man. How, how, how's it going for you? You know, man, I appreciate you saying that. Um, it's, <laughs> it's going, um, you know, I'm learning a lot and it's, it's interesting how, uh, you know, I'll be honest with you. It's, uh, and listeners know this, it's interesting how much you can learn just by going to get custom fit. And I know golf oh, yeah. digest does a great job with, you know, the hot list and everything else. And, and just talking about, uh, you know, new golf equipment, but man, I, I dream of a day when a custom fitting will come alongside in a package deal with a new golf club. I mean, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that would be great. That's just gotta happen at some point. But because your... I mean, you're right. It's funny. People, people ask me this too. And I know if I don't say that you're supposed to get custom fitting, the, the, the two equipment editors I work with, Mike Johnson, and Mike Satura will beat me with <laughs> four iron. Um, an outdated four iron that right. they say shouldn't be in your bag anymore. Um, but <laughs> you really, you really do need to get fitted these days. And and I've never gotten fitted for a putter, which I think is absurd. But those guys will still even say that you need to do that. So yeah. and then you know you'll hear people say, "Oh, I'm not good enough to get fitted," and that's apparently a myth as well. It, it actually helps the worst player more than the scratch player. So. Yeah. You know, you mentioned you learn so much when you get fitted. I, I got irons a couple of years ago. It was the same thing. I, I had some, I forgot what it was, but some really extreme thing. I was like a plus three degree on something. I was hitting like the toe first or something. And so they, they I mean, they made a 
pretty major adjustment in the irons. And, and I've never hit irons better now for the last couple of years. So obviously they know what's going on. You, you can learn so much just from reading um, a book. I mean, I, I recommend everybody read Hogan's Five Lessons. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, you'll, you'll – as soon as I read that book, I like – broke down my entire swing and that's that's the danger though because i see like you tinkering once you start tinkering it's tough to start but to stop but you definitely can learn so much from reading just a book like that it really help you um really motivate you to get better um i I recommend it for for everybody for sure absolutely they have it on kindle i mean what how much more convenient can you get there and you're right man i mean i if had it not it's raining right now where i'm where i'm at and if it wasn't i would have definitely been at cog hill this afternoon Again, Ooh, is two, that where you play? Is that where you play? Around? That's my home course. Yeah. Oh, that's um, great. Yeah. So, yeah, but uh, you have two, a few courses there, right? Or... Oh, uh, you know what, man? Chicago golf. Uh, we're off the rails a little bit, but Chicago golf is so underrated. I feel. Yeah. And it's just there's a lot of great courses out here, but you know, next time you're around, uh, I'll have to treat yeah. you. Yeah. Chicago sounds good, man. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I've got a nice sunny day, and I'm. I'm sitting in here doing work, but hopefully I can take away, get out there, at least get to the range, hit a few balls. Cause <laughs> I thought you were going to go. Save, I'm in here talking ball. to you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, get, get off. Oh, man. Jeez. All right, Alex. Well, I appreciate it again. And listeners, we're going to be back again next week with another guest. But, Alex, keep up the good work, and uh, I'll promise to get you back on before uh, another year goes by. How's that sound? Sounds good, Adam. Thanks for having me on again. Take care, man.